Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're also joined by one of our favorite guests, Sean Keen from the New York Daily News. Sean, welcome back to the show. Oh, you guys. Favorite. Oh, <laughs> thank you for having uh, me. No, let's one, let, let, one, one of, of our There's favorites. a long list of no, favorites. No, I hear we have many favorites. You see... Don't want to let this ego go to your head. Every (laughs) person is one of our favorites. You know how it is. Uh, Playing politics, I see. Always playing politics. (laughs) Hey, hey, that's what the Empire does is play politics, doesn't it? Hey, and what we're discussing today is, in fact, not related really to politics, except in a very peripheral sense. But today we're going to review Inferno Squad, Battlefront Mm -hmm. 2. Or Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. I can't remember. well, it, it's the book, by the way, so that's what we're going to be reviewing. I wish that we could record the game. EA, if you want to send us review copies, glad to review that two months early. Xbox over that, here. We should, in light of that, we can just talk about the book. Exactly, exactly. But no, we're great. We're, we're really glad to... I'm excited to talk about this, and I thought it was a fun book. And Sean, we're glad to have you back as well to, to discuss this story with us. So thanks for joining. But I think first, so we this, have... this episode actually kind of marks a big milestone for us in some ways. Um, so, you know, we've been doing this for, for nine years. Wow, it's hard to believe. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, yep. what was it? Two or three years ago, when three years ago, when Rebels started, we rebranded the show. Because we originally, we taught clones. We rebranded to Ion Cannon. Uh, and since then, then we actually... At the time of the rebrand, we reset the episode numbers. And so this is our 100th episode of Ion Cannon, which is really cool. Um, which yeah. is, it's, that's hard to believe. And then overall, uh, so, you know, we originally thought, oh, let's start fresh, right, with the episode numbers. and uh, But we've kind of thought about it recently. And we said, you know what, let's let's actually go back to our real episode number. Because we have a lot of history and, and, and stuff. So we've... Um, Starting uh, next episode, you'll see the episode number jump from 100 to 229, and that's because we did 228 episodes of We Talk Clones. Sorry, 128 episodes of We Talk Clones as well. For a total of 228 episodes this time, or 229 episodes next time uh, we've done so far, which comes out to about one every two weeks since we started the show, which is pretty good. So, And I also believe, I, I want to put it out there, I think we are probably one of the longest podcasts with the same hosts. That I that that have stayed together all this time. I think through a lot of other Star Wars podcasts I've listened to, there's been a lot of changes of hosts, which naturally people come and go, shows come and go. But I'm But you know what that I'm, means though, Tom? It means we can't do a reunion. Consistent? I was gonna say we can't do a reunion tour. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. But no, we're 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 actually I mean for, Actually, for... guys, I want to announce that I'm going to be leaving the show for about, I don't know, about 30 seconds or so. And when I get oh. back, I, we're going to do a reunion tour, okay? There you go. Reunion show. Yeah, we're, we're going to take the show on the road. There you go. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to try and hit celebration in 2019, all three of us. Yes, exactly. It'll be fun. Uh, wherever it ends up being. Yeah, wherever it ends up. Um, 
but you know that's that's not the only stuff i mean that's that's that announcement's a bit more self-serving well, i guess but, but, uh but i'm excited you, congratulations that is amazing um and it's really cool oh, thank that you. you're going back to the original episode number um i think marvel comics are doing that soon Oh, well, DC they? did the same thing because yeah. remember DC when they jumped to the new Fifty Two, they started all at one, and then now they're going back to the original, or they may have already gone back to that because Superman's kind of Superman and Batman are getting yeah. close to the one thousand mark. So it's wow. uh, yeah. wait, are we allowed to talk about DC? That's not a Disney property. Okay, I'm a DC oh. guy. I'll talk DC. I'll talk more DC oh, than Marvel any day. I have nothing against Marvel. I have nothing against Marvel, but. You know, I I I'm more of a DC guy, but we're here to talk Star Wars, which we're all, yeah, that we are, and and we have a big big thing to talk about, uh, a couple big things. Uh, the shocking anu- announcement from earlier this week is that Colin Trevorrow has dropped out of Star Wars Episode Nine. He will no longer be directing the film. Uh, in the announcement, they say it was a mutual decision um, between Lucasfilm and uh, Colin Trevorrow. But yeah, he is uh, our director of episode nine is no longer um, going to be helming the film, and we do not know who will be taking over yet. But that's pretty uh, crazy. Someone. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But but to throw this out there, was he dropped, and not to make it sound bad, or was he pushed? So the official announcement says, quote, Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways in Star Wars Episode Nine. Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we've all come to the conclusion that our visions for the project differ. We wish Colin the best. I'll be sharing more information about the film soon. So that's the official word. Um, you know, obviously there's all sorts of rumors and it's difficult to know what's true and what's, you know, just... Um, yeah, that, but you know, I hear it. There's heroes on both sides, and uh... exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. But Sean, what do you what do you think of this news? Well, I'm glad it's happening now, as opposed to midway through production. Um, yes, it's like a lot of people are saying that they saw this coming um, because, a, a, like, a, I haven't seen Book of Henry, but apparently, it's not doing so well. It's not critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that could have played a part. I had heard that as well. It's it's hard to know though, and we we likely will never know uh, the reality behind this. Uh, I guess all that matters is who replace him, who will replace him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, we've had a lot of shakeups with directors over the last, you know, well, we, I mean, Josh Trank left the project last, uh, the the untitled standalone last year, and then we had. Um, you know, uh, 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 well, the Lego guys Lord and, and Miller leave yeah. uh, the Han Solo movie. Um, you know, last month or two ago, um, and that was almost the end of production. But yeah, you know, what? it's early enough that I think it's I think it's okay, and and I'm just curious to see who they bring on to replace it. As you mentioned, you know, the Book of Henry, Henry his his new film uh, didn't do so well, which. I don't think it would have been reason just to you know just to you know, part ways. Everything everyone has flops, but I've heard some reports. And again, I, I want to stress I don't know. You know, we don't know how true this is, but we've heard some reports that you know he was a bit more difficult to work with, and that Kathleen Kennedy um, decided that you know maybe he was your overconfidence is your weakness. You know, um, and uh, and that he, between that and the the success or lack thereof of book of henry it was time to to find someone new 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard to say, but I think the big thing is that we we wish him the best uh, with whatever he does next, and uh, just kind of curious who will take over the the film. I, I think the way that I look at this, they they are trying their best to make sure that Star Wars stays in good hands. Yeah, that they are really they're they're trying to make sure they get this done right. Is how I look at it. Yep. yep. And at the end of the day, like it's Kathleen Kennedy. I think she's doing the right thing is, is most concerned about the franchise, right? It's not about, I mean, yeah, it's always good to have like the director's vision and that sort of thing too, but this is star Wars, you know, people come in and direct star Wars. You're not, you know, you're not really just playing in the star Wars universe. You want to make a film that feels like star Wars might have some fresh and new ideas, but mm-hmm. at its core, it has to feel like star Wars. And if it doesn't, then, you know, yeah, of course we should. I suspect that this, uh, these, these series of shakeups that we've seen, they're going to be more careful in the future because they, they were very quick to announce all of these people being attached to these movies. And it's people, it makes people worried when they hear these things like the reshoots for Rogue One and people, people were concerned about that and it turned out to be nothing. Um, so, I suspect they'll be a little cagier in announcing all of these things in future because there have been so many changes through the through the last few years. I think you're right, I mean, and some of that, like the um, like the with the Han Solo movie, that's that's going to be unavoidable just because you know, they were what ninety percent of the way through uh, production when they made that switch. But in most cases, yeah, they, I think they'll they might try to keep their cards a little closer to their uh just for now um like the, you know there's still a third standalone movie we know nothing about it no director no uh pl- you know uh, plot nothing i mean there's well, been the, rumors but there's massive rumors but that's it yeah um so yeah we'll we'll, we'll see and i mean it's still inter- interesting to me that the han solo movie doesn't even have a title yet it's still the uh, untitled han solo movie and we're you know that's nine pretty amazing out. It, it's amazing, but I I get this feeling, and this is just a total feeling, they're throwing us off. I mean, I think right now the main thing to do is just say, Han Solo, Han Solo, a Star Wars movie. Solo. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I... Well, but even Solo, a Star Wars movie, I mean, it it to me it makes sense just to name it Han Solo. Yeah. It's true. It, 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 I mean, it, that... Or Han Solo and the... Something, something that was a throwback Brian, to uh, the old, so cool. the old <laughs> Han Solo and the Kessel Run. Yeah, yeah. Han Solo, Han Solo and the, the interest enter something yes. about the plot here. I don't know. Han Solo. Han Solo it's hard to say. Temple either. of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about Han Solo? Who shot first? Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I, I think I really think they're throwing us off. I really think the logical, the logical title for the movie is just Han so, Solo, a Star Wars movie. I think it'll be that or more of the Brian. So I actually, I don't understand movie. what this, yeah. this, trend, this trend we've seen. Um, it's mostly with the superhero movies, but with announcing details like release dates and titles and all these other things so far in advance, I, it, it doesn't make much sense to me because I actually don't care like what's coming in two years yeah. time. I mm-hmm. I wouldn't care if they had like announced it like six months beforehand. I just take it as a cult. Well, I think for for Marvel stuff, I have I've you know not everyone knows what everything's gonna be, 
you know, particularly I think of like Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. No one knows what that means. If they're going to try and build hype for that, that's something they've got to do, you know, start as early as they can. Mm-hmm. All I have to say is untitled Star Wars movie and they've guaranteed a million dollars in the first day type of thing, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I think a lot of it has to do with what is going to be on that weekend that's going to go up against. Maybe they're trying to find weekends or something to where it's like they can own that weekend to where it's not going to be like, let's, thing. yeah, it's like, let's theoretically state they're not going to put, you know, Kingsman and the Golden Circle up against Star Wars because those are right now, they've been promoting Kingsman, the, the, the company who's creating it, like crazy here. And it's like, well, do doesn't you really want to put Kings- Star Wars against it? When does Kingsman come um, out? September twenty second, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's not competing against Star Wars against anything. Yeah, but but still, but still, that that's that's something where it's like they plotted something out to where let's say if there's going to be a third sequel uh, to Kingsman, are they really going to put it here against Star Wars if Star Wars is that far well, out I mean, like, or a Marvel? Yeah, movie? Yeah, I mean, like for example, when they when they announced that the Force Awakens was going to be in December, right? I uh, think because they pushed it from May to December. As soon as that happened, you saw t- all the other movies that were coming Except out. Except for um, Hateful Eight, right. as I recall. Um, um, that came out around the same time. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the vast majority of movies, you know, unless they are completely different demographics, mm-hmm. if they see a big tentpole release like a Star Wars, like a Marvel coming out, they will scatter. And so part of it might be to kind of stake their claim, but I think. On the flip side, Star Wars is big enough where they might annoy a lot of people, but they probably could announce, you know, closer to release and everyone else is going to have to figure out what they're going to do. Because <laughs> right. we know at this point, Star Wars is successful enough. You know, it's the 800 pound griddle. Everybody else is going to leave. Yeah. And they're going to run away. Yeah. And I think on top of that, it may help with merchandising too. When you'll get it from that point of view, if they have a date that they know the movie's going to come out, they can backtrack when, you know, like they're, they're Force Friday 3 or they're Rogue whatever weekend exactly, or whatever yeah. Rogue so weekend. all that stuff can be i don't know or the han solo weekend i don't know but they can backtrack how stuff is going to work <clears throat> that's what i say rogue weekend sounds like the hangover version in star wars <laughs> <laughs> wedge Actually, luke and biggs thought they were just going out for some fun before the death star well i think Little that's a better name know. if they were to ever bring back star that's wars the weekend next film if they were to ever bring back Star Wars weekends, I think Rogue Weekends would be much better than Star Wars weekends. That would be a lot more fun. It's true. Star Steal Wars the Rogue Death Weekends Star plans over the weekend. Yeah. That might be. You know what, guys? That's hey, gonna Disney. be the, the 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 sequel to Rogue One is gonna be Rogue Weekend, where they steal the uh, Death Star plans. Or the Bothans steal the de- plans for the Death Star too. <laughs> oh. um, but the Bothans were just partying all weekend. They had no idea. <laughs> Oh my can god, really can, we, can, we, can, can you see a mashup? <laughs> yeah. They're like, how did we get these? <laughs> can... <laughs> so that's how the movie starts. They, they, the Bothans wake up with the Death Star plans in their hands like, how do we get these? And it's a flashback <laughs> to see how all of their antics over the weekend, their drunken ac- antics, and how they oh end god. up with the plans of the Death Star. Guys, Perfect. I just figured it out. Oh god, that would be hilarious. <laughs> if they, Oh, anyway... I I, th- I think we better move on to our next topic here we because we could probably absolutely. go down such such a womp rat hole in this case. Yeah. We need to move so on our to next topic is um, is well, I, I mean, I, I yes, that that's that is the big thing. But first, I think we're gonna quickly recap DragonCon because there was an okay. interesting topic at DragonCon this year, um, uh, which was uh, where are the Bothans? You just uh, said. 
You just said they're on I, the I hangover think, with I, I think they're plans. on their, I think they're on their rogue weekend. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> but uh, no, this is so. This is a real thing. Um, it was interesting. We were talking. So uh, Christy Golden, uh, sorry, sorry, um, Delilah Dawson, um, and um, uh, was on a panel and mentioned that uh, apparently um, Lucasfilm is not allowing any authors to mention Bothans in uh, any of the books right now. The Bothans are completely banned. Even something as simple as like a Bothan walking through the back of a, a, you know, of a scene, right? Imagine like a background character. Like a bo- they walked by a Bothan and that was the end of it. And Lucasfilm's like, nope, find another find another uh, species. Can't use Bothans. Interesting. What do you guys think? Are they laying so, the groundwork for a Bothan movie? Or so according to Wikipedia, there is a mention of a Bothan, and it's listed as first first appearance. So in the new canon, that would be in Bloodline, oh. right? So I wonder. That makes it sound like maybe that's maybe that's a new rule. Perhaps Bloodline was it, you know, a, a year be. ago. Yeah, so it could be because because it was it was Claudia Gray and Delilah S. Dawson both tried to have Bothans, and they were both independently told no. No Bothans. And uh, I think it was Dawson even said, like, hashtag where are the Bothans, right? Why why can't they use them? I don't know. I don't know. You know, it would kind of make sense that if they were to do a second movie like a Rogue One, but this one would be the stealing of the second Death Star plans. The story of Manny Bothan. Yes. (laughs) It's actually Manny Bothan who wakes up drunk. Uh, <laughs> and it's his rogue weekend. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> he he has a Death Star plans at the end. He dies because Manny Bothans died to bring us to bring the rebels this information. <sighs> yes, he but he died, died of alcohol poisoning because he drank too much. <laughs> that would be an unusually oh, dark and real kind of stories, <sighs> uh, scenario. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but there has to be comedy like, along you, the way. No, you got to remember, Rogue One was dark too. So oh, why wouldn't that, Rogue that's a good Two, point. They, Manny they Bothan's dark story, be darker? Yeah. They're like, okay, guys, the first movie we killed everyone, and it was really sad. How can we top that? And they're like, what if he, like, they kill themselves? Manny wakes up, not like and... not literally kill themselves, but like it's so like you know, nothing's worse than drinking yourself into depression. Oh, jeez. The story wow. of Manny Bothan. Wow. It's a comedy. No, it's not. It's a tragedy. It's, it's, a, it's a tragic it's a comedy. It's a tra- okay. It's a tragic comedy. And they're going to they're gonna announce well, Shakespeare like a, it's a as the director. All the way up to the part and then they'll dies. announce their parting ways like two years later. So. We were really uh, excited to work with William Shakespeare on the new Star Wars he, project. Turns out he wasn't as committed no, as we were. He never really showed lazy, up. Just not, not showing alive. up his scripts. <laughs> like. Wow, we just we were okay. Uh, we got a womp rat uh, hole going here, guys. I know. So, t- anything yeah. else from Dragon Con, William? Uh, yeah. So, there's a couple other interesting tidbits. I mean, there was there was all sorts of other fun stuff, but you know, trying to hit the highlights real quick. Um, Claudia Gray apparently had to fight to include Han Solo and Ben Solo in Bloodline. Uh, you know, remember there was it, it, they haven't tr- they've tried to kind of avoid touching on Han and Ben. Uh, in the period between um, 
you know, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. We've seen Han Solo in a couple things like the Aftermath trilogy, but uh, Claudia Grace basically had to fight and say, no, Han Solo wouldn't miss this. And that's why Han Solo was in Bloodline. Uh, Same for Ben Solo. She had to push and push and push to get those characters included in the book to the extent that they were. Um, So I I thought that was, that was, that was, I'm I'm very glad Claudia Gray did that because it really made the book much, much, much better. And there were, there were certainly times where, you know, remember like, I think at the you know, there there were times where like, oh, Han may or may not have been here, right? Um, uh, At the very end of the book. But um, for the most part, she tried to include him. Oh, sorry. I was out. No, that was Luke. That may or may not have been there, but she tried to include them as much as possible, which was, which was great. That is like that book would not have worked without those characters. No, it wouldn't have, it would not have at all. And so I was very glad to hear that. Um, also, uh, Daniel Logan, we did a panel with Daniel Logan and a couple actually, and he revealed that apparently he was originally going to, uh, Make an appearance in Return of the Jedi. Um, sorry, not Return of the Jedi. Sorry, Return of the Sith. Of course, Revenge of the Sith. Well, it was in Return of the Jedi. I meant Revenge of the Sith. He was, um, he was like Lucasfilm told him told him to keep his schedule open. He was in the script, and then, um, you know, before right before they filmed uh, Episode Three, Samuel Jackson said that he didn't want Mace Windu to be killed by quote a punk kid. Uh, end quote and so they had sounds mace like a real die. quote from samuel L. jackson <laughs> yes wow. and so instead mace died at by uh anakin palpatine's hand uh and boba was not included in the movie but that's why he you know was in episode two and that's it he was he was i wonder have... how that unlimited power scene would have played out which i don't think we'd ever heard before <laughs> yeah that yeah. would have been interesting yeah it's he's about very, to, very you know, he's, a, he's got his lightsaber pointed at uh, Palpatine, and then all of a sudden he like falls to the ground, and it like <laughs> Boba Fett is standing behind him. He's like, "That was for my dad." Yeah, I don't know why he's got like a vaguely southern accent, but he a lot's but, happened you know, to Boba Fett in that time, you know. It, it has. He's yeah, yeah. That he, that really would have changed the story to where. You know, if if Boba Fett got in there and dispatched of, you know, Mace Windu, then the story would have changed and it wouldn't have been Anakin that did it. How would they have done that to where Anakin still turned to the dark side if Boba Fett was there and did the Samuel Jackson out the window? Yeah. That really would have changed the story. They still would have figured out a way to do it. I mean, they still you still had to have Anakin fall to the dark side at the end of the movie. But it would have been interesting to see how they pulled that off. Yeah, yep. yeah. This is, I think, the you know first time we've heard about this story in what twelve years. So, yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was very interesting. Um, and then of course there was a you know some panels with you know many of the other authors and Tim Zahn and Henry Gilroy were on a panel and they had some interesting tidbits about um, uh, about Thrawn. For example, Thrawn is apparently Scottish for twisted. And that's how he came up with the name. Hmm. Um, and they also, when they were working on uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels and, and, and Thrawn's appearance, they actually joked about creating an Imperial officer named T- T- uh, Zahn Timo. Um, and he was going to be like a bridge officer on an Imperial Star Destroyer and get ejected out of an airlock by Thrawn. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> because in Star Wars, uh, you know, a lot of the characters often... Uh, you know, kill their fathers 
Um, and so they're going to have Thrawn's cre- Zahn's creation inject him out an airlock. Okay, but they could they could take that creation and they could put him into uh, Freemaker Adventures and Star Wars Legos. That sounds more That's like true. a Star Wars Lego name. That is true. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. So they've got Quarry. Uh, they, they put do. Quarry in there. They could easily they put Thrawn. Uh, Zon. Anyway, go ahead, William. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, that's a very brief recap. Check out our uh, at Ion Cannon podcast on Twitter for uh, a, a bigger recap of uh, Dragon Con. There's some interesting tidbits about Rebels and Thrawn and stuff. But they're, you know, rather than just read them off here on the podcast, they're not necessarily huge. They're just kind of fun behind the scenes things. So uh, I'll let you guys go check that out. Uh, and then uh, last but certainly, well, no, actually, there's two more things. One, uh, Phasma and Leia, Princess of Alderaan are now available. So go buy those and, and check them out if you haven't already. We're in the process of reading them and we'll be reviewing them soon. Um, and then uh, last but certainly not least is the Rebel dun, dun, Season dun. 3 premiere date uh, and a brand new trailer. So on October 16th, the fourth, sorry, I said third, but the fourth and final season of Star Wars Rebels will air on October 16th. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I cannot wait. It's going to be a shorter season this year, but yeah. so much good stuff's going to happen. Did you guys watch the trailer? Love the trailer. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, watched so it a good. few times to try and figure out the Lothrat, Lothcat, Lothwolf run. Try to figure yeah. out that whole that whole cryptic meaning. Yes, yes, and 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 Stephen, I'm I'm sure you, you know, had a a moment when the X wings came on screen in that yeah, trailer. The X wings, the Tide Defender. It was <laughs> it was a good it was a good moment. Oh, so so good. And, and uh, we even I've... got a little bit of uh, Kanan and Hera. Yep. And the other thing I found Kinera. fascinating yes. about the trailer, I, I found fascinating that. the mention of Krennic in the trailer. Yes. Yeah. With more Tarkin. Yeah, yes. and more Sagarera. Like, they're, they're really tying things together, this one. They, they mentioned Project Stardust in, yes. in the trailer. So, yeah, I am so excited. This is going to be a great, great, great season. What I will find fascinating is when this is over, if there is any jumping-off point for what's to follow, or if what's to follow is a brand-new story. That has nothing to do with it. it not so <laughs> yeah, much a quote-unquote brand new story. We know where it's going to fit with... Well, we don't know where it's going to fit within the Star Wars universe. But if any part of Rebels is going to be a jumping-off point Do you mean into in that terms of story. the next animated show that's going to come? I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, we just don't yeah that's what it... Yeah, the animated show. Because we know it's coming. Yeah. We don't know a date. Yeah. Don't know a date, don't know a title, don't know anything. I mean, I, yeah. the the fascinating thing will be going forward, when this wraps up, will there be an announcement for the next show? I, think I would will. hope there'll be some kind of announcement at the end of season four to get you excited about what's to come. I think yeah, they'll wait like maybe uh, a week. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was expecting to announce something at Celebration. Um in April, uh, but at the same time, it makes sense to wait so they don't yeah. take shift focus off Rebels. My my prediction is that it's going to be a show about Luke right. and his time between 
in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. I think that's a, a TV show would be a very high-profile way to, to depict that. Mm-hmm. See, I could see that, but I have trouble seeing it as an animated show versus a live-action show. And I... I, I would see it, how would they get him mostly off the planet? Because if you watch Rebels, Rebels is kind of like, the, the home planet was Lethal, but there was still the epicness of space. And if they're going to talk about Luke, you know, where we know that he's basically stuck on Tatooine and he wants to, he wants to explore, he wants to get off. Where's the, the epic story they can tell oh, I that, know that, they, that, that would lead up to Return of the Jedi this episode theory. four? I don't. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I told you I did have coffee this no, morning. I don't think a show. I'm sorry. I did have coffee this morning. Sure, that interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that'll be extremely boring. Wow. Go clean the <laughs> moisture evaporators. <laughs> well, but on top of that, we'll go clean it. In. No. No, we'll actually get to see him go to the. As as robot but chicken pulled it, you know what? Power, we power converters. We'll actually see him go see the power converters. Oh, jeez. Yes, we would, and we yeah. would. But we would. are not. I mean, we are the target audience, but we're not the full audience. Something tells me, like in this episode, watch Luke get stuck in speeder traffic on his way to the Tashi station. Like now. <laughs> Uh, hey, you guys think is. it was it wasn't that boring? He was blasting womp rats in his T sixteen back home before he, but you know before he he joined the rebellion. So there's, and then before we action. took over, blasting the same womp rats for how many years? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, Luke. We kind of cleaned them out. Um, yeah, yeah. So I no, I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But I I am excited, and it looks like the show is moving to Mondays uh, from from uh, from Saturdays. It originally started on a Monday, but it's back. Mm-hmm. it's back and then probably still on the disney xd app and watch disney xd right exactly so yeah you yeah. you can you you can be sure that we will be here with our review as soon as uh as soon as the episode airs so stay tuned for that but in the meantime man we're what what half hour into this episode yeah and, uh, we, still we have haven't even talked show. about we should, the book yeah. so <laughs> let's uh let's dive yeah. right <laughs> into this uh tom what are we talking about well today we're going to be talking about been listening well, okay. <laughs> okay, we we were we are going to now start talking about Inferno Squad, written by Christy Golden. Now, after the humiliating defeat of the Death Star plans and the resulting destruction of the battle station, the Empire is on the defensive. In response to this stunning defeat, the Imperial Navy has authorized the formation of an elite team of soldier soldiers known as Inferno Squad. Their mission infiltrate and eliminate the remnants of Saw Gerrera's partisans. Now, following the death of their leader, the partisans have carried on his extremist legacy, determining to thwart, determined to thwart the Empire, no matter what the costs. Now, Inferno Squad must prove their status as the best of the best and take down the partisans from within. But as the danger intensifies and the threat of discovery grows, how far will Inferno Squad go to ensure the safety of the Empire? Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Now, so, just just to throw this out there, I thought this book was much better than the first Battlefront book. Significantly. 
So yeah, I better. really enjoyed. I really enjoyed. Uh, Inferno I Squad love quite a bit. Hearing anything um, about the Sean, Empire? What, what were your thoughts? To focus uh, on, on those characters, um, it's it it just feels so different. Like we didn't even get. I, I feel like we didn't get even get that much uh, focus on the Empire in the in the the Legends continuity. I, I felt like the, so. This is very refreshing, and it. It speaks mm-hmm. to the gray uh, that I think they're 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 looking at more in this new canon uh, because like these guys, there's plenty of pretty uh, despicable deeds in mm-hmm. this novel, but ultimately the most of the team are relatable on some level. Yeah, mm-hmm. the. Yeah. The only thing I the beginning of the book was the biggest stretch I think for me where they're like, "Ah, man, we blew up Alderaan." But you know what? They deserved it. It's all about the might of the empire. Alderaan's a bunch of rebels. They all all of them dead. Kill them. Mm-hmm. But yes, other yeah. than that. <laughs> but even then they they tried I I think if I remember correctly to uh to address that yeah, some people we weren't you know, happy with the decision. Um, they definitely had some people who were having that perspective, I think. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think overall, the, 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 what I liked about this book is we get to see the Imperial side. And they actually do a good job of, as you guys mentioned, kind of humanizing the Empire and, and trying to make them relatable and kind of the good guys, even though we know that ultimately they're, they're the bad guys. Yep. And they part of the way, way they, they did this uh, was by having them go up against the partisans, Sagar's partisans, which is a nice tie into Rogue One, and um, a great way to pick a you know a group of good guys, let's say, that are a bit more extreme in their ways, and uh, there are, the partisans are already more of a gray area, so mm-hmm. it's not like we have you know we're following a book about bad guys just completely killing and destroying the good guys. Uh, they're they're going after. It's 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 bad guys going after who with some heart going after guys who are already kind of gray and on morally shaky ground, um, and so it's a bit easier to to get behind. Um, but I just thought that the 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 entire squad was just very relatable mm-hmm. as well, and were great characters. I mean, I think Iden Versio, uh, she, she's 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 a fascinating character, and how she and her father Admiral Garrick have to um, kind of their relationship and how they end up forming this counterintelligence squad. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. One thing that I was surprised about, it was only like four characters within the squad. Uh-huh. And naturally when you get toward the end, you know, not all of them are going to make it. But the main thing with me when it came to this book, I want to see a follow-up to this. I see this as when you're looking at the clone, uh, the the clone commandos. In this way, this is naturally the imperial commandos. Yeah. But I'd like to see more story of these characters. And now that let's say, well, as as characters come and go, to see the the different camaraderie, the different character. Um, what am I trying to say? The different chemistry that's going to come in and out of this group, because you know they're not all going to make it, except for maybe like one or two of the characters. But just that chemistry that's going to continue forward. If that sympathy between two of the characters doesn't carry well, over to the two that I, are coming I, in, yeah. if you know, that's what I want to see going forward. But I want to see a sequel to this book. 
I mean, the sequel is going to be Battlefront. Yeah, the game. The game. Star Wars oh. Battlefront 2. Okay, uh, EA, remember, I think we all have Xboxes here. So this way we can review the game <laughs> it, story that goes along with the book. It will be available on the other console, yes. It, well, on the it'll PS2 be available as well? everywhere. No, sorry. Um, everywhere. That, different no, but I have an Xbox. No, I know you we are all going to play on Xbox, but the console, the game is available on all platforms. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Okay. But, but, but no, we're talking I mean, about think, the book right now. I think I love the whole idea of, um, uh, you know, this book, I think, thought did a fantastic job setting up the story for Battlefront 2. With Battlefront 1, there wasn't much of a campaign. And so the book um, was, you know, starting on Battlefront was a very different um very different style, very different type of thing. Like none of the characters trans, you know, carried over. It was just like, hey, we're releasing a video game. Let's also release a book that carries the Battlefront brand name. With this one, they actually created a, a you know, not only does the game have a story, but the, the Inferno Squad helps inform uh, the story for Battlefront Two and helps you get to uh, get to know the characters and it's like their origin story. Uh, and so I really liked how they did that, and I know that the the two teams worked closely together yay and and um janina who plays um uh, Iden versio talked to christy golden and, and vice versa uh, to make sure they um you know they were they were all on the same page and and so i think that's really cool and so now we're going into battlefront already caring about these characters now i do have a question when it comes to going into the battlefront game is there going to be an explanation of how the when you watch the trailer for the game how the fair, standard Imperial troops know there is a uh, quote-unquote commando uh, it, squad that like this within is the Empire. Andor, isn't it? Like they say, because remember special when, forces. Go ahead. Uh, so there is plenty of time for them to gain infamy um, yeah. within yeah. those yeah. few years between the between that mission and... Okay. Well, and you... Yeah, exactly. I mean, the longer you have a covert squad operating, the less uh, hidden their identities are going to be. Oh, very true. Very true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So cool. you know, the, the book starts out with the the formation of Inferno Squad, and uh, Admiral Garrick puts together this elite squad from um, you know multiple parts of the military, and we've got you know Iden, who um, she kind of grew up. Uh, under a very her, her father is very tough right he 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 loves her but he's also does like, he though you know they 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 you know i mean she even calls him admiral like at the dinner table right it's they're very formal and you know in, you know imperial to their core uh and then we've got uh you know another pilot gideon hask del mico who's a, a an engineer and uh sane uh marana who is the uh an intelligence agent um and she was the youngest of the group right if i read she the, was yeah, yeah, yeah she was almost in her teens i think or for very young brand right out of school kind of a hacker yeah, it's, yeah it sounded that way I, I don't think they put the age on it but i think when you read the book there was kind of a mention that she was the the youngest and, and the greenest of the group yeah and i thought it was interesting how you know garrick didn't just give command to Aiden right off the bat he uh, he made them all kind of fight for who would be the the commander by putting together different battle plans and having them all uh, you know propose what they think is gonna is gonna be the best route, and then actually 
execute on that and see like was the mission successful if so you get to command the squad interesting way to do it for sure mm-hmm. yeah Actually, since you're talking about the relationship between Aiden and her father, I want to jump ahead very, very briefly. Sure. You know, they have this very distant relationship throughout the entire novel. But I really liked, and sorry, there's another thing going on where uh, Aiden's father and mother are separated. Her mm-hmm. mother is sick. And, you know, Aiden becomes very worried because she believes her mother, you know, might die from the stress of, like, knowing that her, sis- her daughter has become a rebel, you know, as people mm-hmm. think. And I wrote, there was the scene at the very end where uh, her father tells her, you know, I'm sorry, but your your mother died while you were on the mission. And Aiden is, of oh, course, horrified and, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, like my mother died thinking I was a traitor to the Empire. And obviously her mother was very loyal to the Empire. And the father's like, I told her before she died, even though, you know, it was so classified. It is touching. And, it was and a, thank you for bringing that up. Online, it was because I was going to bring really well that done. He could have been yeah, it was such a touching scene. Just so yeah. that Aiden keeps her head in the game. Uh, yeah, but but oh, but that was he he mentioned exactly. when yes, when it was, was uh, over. Wait, yeah, he mentioned it to the mother when he was her head in the game long term potentially. Yeah, yeah, that's very. That's uh, interesting. That's very but, true. Horrifying. But you're right though. I, I mean, uh, I I hope not. But you know, I I like how Christy Golden did that. You know, because because um, you know, they, they go on their first undercover mission, but then, uh, so they they go on this mission to basically infiltrate this uh like a wedding, right? Um, and I thought that was kind of cool, a little bit you know, uh, undercover Mission Impossible style almost, um. But the, uh, the the rest of the book is all about how they infiltrate the partisans, uh, and they each have to infiltrate separately. And Aiden goes, um, yeah, the way, the way in which they do it was very interesting. Aiden actually pretends to be a traitor. She like li- throws away her, you know, her 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 family name and like publicly joins uh, the partisans, and that's why her mother is like heartbroken and. One, I was, I mean, do you think that hurts her cover in the future to be so, like, uh, you know, she was basically in the news where, like, reporters were saying, hey, the, you know, the daughter of this uh, admiral has has joined. Well, I think basically she uh, she pretended like she had guilt about Alderaan, right, and then started to uh, sympathize with the rebels and then eventually joined them uh, for a while. She was, like, under house arrest. And then the rebels break her out. Um, What did you, I mean, do you think that hurts her prospects in the future for undercover missions? I would expect that there's probably, maybe this is the moment where, you know, Inferno Squad becomes infamous because there's no, like, you have to make the announcement. Like, by the way, not something you guys need to worry about. She's totally on our side. (laughs) Right. And then also, also, they went into the mission knowing that they may have to do stuff that they're not going to like, like taking out imperial troops, stormtroopers, yeah. officers, you know, blowing things up because they are going to have to prove themselves to the extremists, to Saw's group, that they are part of that group. So, mm-hmm. and they were warned that you're going to have to do this. Now, I do agree that how are they going to take that reputation of her coming out saying, I don't like what the imperial imperials did and make that change all of a sudden on a dime saying that she was acting 
there's still going to be a little bit of doubt somewhere. Mm-hmm. But they knew going into it, stuff like that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's just... It, 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 I was like, no, they're like ruining her reputation. Like, I, I didn't want to root for Aiden, but I also felt like, oh, how is she ever going to recover from this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think each each character in the squad uh, had something, you know, for the most. Well, I, I mean, maybe maybe less so um, uh, Gideon and, and Delmico, but mm-hmm. like Sane, for example, she like mutilated herself. Her, her she had her her body mutilated so she could go undercover as a, um, as a slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, they make a point at one, they made, they made, they made a comment about how it's all reversible, but they never mentioned it again. Well, um, I, I got the sense that they're like, they basically just took her into a room and beat her up. And oh, like, you think that was just it? That was my interpretation. I mean, I say it. just <laughs> like, well, and this, you know, these are real bruises and they'll heal. And we'll, you know, if they're still there when the mission's done, do well, that's what the back to tank is for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That you could see that, that, that would be the way the empire thinks. We're just throwing you back, back to tank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, Gideon and and Delmico pose as brothers. Um, Right. I think it was brothers. And then, um, yeah, they were supposed to be brothers, you know, uh, basically join the dreamers, which are the, the dreamers are the, the partisans that are remaining after rogue one. In this case, this, this group of, 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 of partisans so yeah i mean like the way the way in which they infiltrate this group was yeah it, it made you kind of cringe not like in a oh that's a bad written poorly written th- way but like a ouch i can't believe they had to go through that either it was like more physical or uh, hurting their reputation or something but that was you have to admit yeah. that was a very creative way to get oh, all totally. four of these characters to the exact same spot at different times Totally. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what was fun about reading this book. And then on top of that, each one having to deal with different things like Sin. Sin, I can't remember the species, the the when she went on the mission for the partisans and they were supposed to blow up uh something of the I'm jumping ahead in the book because that's what we always well, do. We're talking when yeah. they blow up the uh the senator in the school. The school's yeah. Yes, right. the senator in the school. Oh, the man. White, right. Uh, and she kind of had feelings for, again, I forget the species, but it was the father, oh, the mother, father, yeah. and the son. The cage? Yes. And and she kind of had feelings, and she knew that the son had feelings for her, and she had to battle that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, between- so you, you kind of got, like you mentioned, it was like you're seeing almost like a humanization of the Imperials in this. Well, it it actually had to go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say it. This actually reminded me a lot of some of the other than the kind of brutality, uh, you know, given that it's empire focused. Uh, it reminded me a lot of like Wraith Squadron, where you've got you know, let's take some pilots and then we're gonna put them into missions that they are really not trained for. Um, yeah. Or we're gonna develop a like another set of skills that. And and if I remember correct, I think that was kind of mentioned that Sin was not prepared for something yeah, like this. Yeah, it came up a lot that, you know, she'd yeah. had no training. She'd been an intelligence analyst, essentially, and she had and no... And she was young. She didn't have the experience on this. Yeah. Well, that was that was ultimately her her downfall, right? Yeah. This is she's she's the first character, the first one in our group to to die um because she made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know? She she slipped up and they caught her and you know, I, I will say killed her. 
that scene I thought was incredibly well written because of, of course mm-hmm. we knew that, uh, you know, that she could understand everyone else and the way the scene is written where it's kind of going back and forth and she's listening and then she speaks. And for a moment you're like, why? I don't understand why everyone's being, you know, like, why is everyone concerned by this? And then yeah, you're like, you're oh, wait a second. Yeah, you could almost right. feel their she, shock yeah, oh, as, shoot. as you read that. That's right. She, she doesn't know that language. She understood and can speak other languages. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Extremely was, well done. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I think the, all of the, the dreamers as well, I, I, I thought were, um, were, were great characters. Um, you know, any, any thoughts on, on these guys? No, I, I agree. They were all, I thought, yeah. well-written and, mm-hmm. Like, the one care. Go ahead, Stephen. Finish, finish you know, your thoughts. Sorry. Um, they all, you know, they had their unique traits, and it was just, it was well done. Like I don't know how else to describe it. Actually, well, I I think out of all the characters within within the Dreamers, the one that kind of carried on the mystery all the way to the end was the mentor's identity. That's uh, true. That that was one out of all of them. You're kind of like reading it, trying to how, figure out how did you, you guys know feel the character. About that? I loved it. Okay, so I I agree. Go ahead. William, you continue. I agree with William. I loved it. Uh so I I loved how the whole time he was just called the mentor, right? Right. And the whole book and his identity was like that they they, they knew that if they could I- uncover the mentor's identity, they could start to unravel the group a bit more. Right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't know who this guy was and it's not until the very final pages of the book that they they reveal the the mentor's identity but yes. before we, we we mention that were you um uh did you guys did you guys suspect who the mentor might be i was starting to and i had yes i'll just i'll say yes i was so not too as early as i would have liked but i was starting to like i wonder uh, I didn't start to think about it till very close. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I was like midway through. I'm like, I wonder. And you know, I just, when they revealed hit, that the the mentor is none other than Lux Bonteri mm-hmm. from the Clone Wars, I just like yes, that was so awesome. Yeah, I I had to go back and review. Like, okay, I didn't know until the actual name was brought up, and then you're like. Oh they, no! They way. talk about so like for me it was they like right the, at that the point. first time they mentioned the but Clone you did Wars, get a feeling toward that Lux. point. And to be the honest, was I haven't familiar, thought about Lux very much since I saw him in the show. And but for some reason, yeah, no, no, he's not a character that really had a huge impact on me mm-hmm. uh, until now. Um, yes, you often uh, think about Lux, now. and they, they mentioned things like they, they hinted at his age and things like that, and the gears were turning yeah. in my head. Uh, it had a huge impact on the Trying to work though. out yeah. if it could be him, uh, but it, it, the reveal ultimately was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's great because you know Lux was one of those characters who's he he's fought on all sides, right? Yeah, yeah. he he's worked for all of the factions at at one point or another. 
And um, so that that was, I, I I just enjoyed how they were able to tie in Lux into into this book and kind of bring him back. I, I will say that you know the whole reason the mentor is around is because he has information for the <clears throat> the dreamers. I wasn't a big fan of how he actually had that information. It felt oh, very convenient. On a data like, pad? He's just like, well, you know, I have a daughter and she told me all this stuff. I was I was hoping for something a little more impactful, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, what I'm I'm enjoying is now that we've got the story group within Lucas, how they really are starting to tie in all these stories. I mean, I love the expanded universe and and love to see some of that stuff brought forward. But the universe they've created now, how they're tying all the stuff like this using locks, going back to the Clone Wars, as one example, how that's all working together, it's great. It's yeah. actually really interesting because oh, it ties, like, I always tend to forget that Saw is also a Clone Wars character, and he's one of those few links we really have that is directly between, not OT really, because Rogue One, I mean, it's OT era, I guess. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> and the prequel era. And it's it feels almost weird to have you know uh, Lux kind of in the same role, but it it's mm. you know it's more of the same. Like it actually it works for some reason. I think the it more works. we get of it, the more it'll be normal. It's just yes. For so long they were, you know, this is a prequel and this is this you know the the original films and the 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 you know you might see some aspects of the original trilogy in the prequels, but obviously you can't go back and update the original trilogy, so you're not gonna see stuff there. And it's just the way it is. Uh, it, it was always like a hinting at the future instead of we pulling characters forward. Yeah. And, and so I love how they're doing that now. Yeah. And they're making it one big cohesive story because if I, if I remember correct, Lux survived this, right? So, well, he could, so that we, ex, okay. So excellent question. So I was, I was sad. I mean, I don't know about you guys. How did you guys feel? Cause I was sad when, uh, yeah. when I didn't shot Lux Bonteri, uh, at the end of, you know what the second to last chapter whatever it was but then but we, a bit later i mean they showed it off sorry? screen so mm-hmm. that's true he just did it just said you know i didn't fired period right yeah um but uh but later on uh at the very end of the book um uh, there uh, there's a discussion going on and um uh, dell uh says to uh you know, comments to Ida on how he noticed that when she came back, but her blaster was on his, That's sympathy. Uh, oh, sorry, and she doesn't on. respond. And, you know, he says, you didn't kill the mentor, did you? And she doesn't reply. And the eventually says, I think, you know, so it's, it's, you know, I why. Yeah. I think it, I think it's implied that she did not kill the mentor and that, I've, uh, Lux Bonteri lives. I'd go as far as to say it's more it, than just implied. Uh, it, like that was, I thought, very, very clear that that is the case. Uh, yes, strongly, strongly it, it, implied. It, was, it has a certain inevitability him, like, about 99% it, though. Sure. And when, that made me a lot very happy because I don't know about you guys, but I was very sad when. It, uh, but I did like how both, yeah, well, like Dell was the one who noticed that, but he also had um, uh, yes, become you, quite yeah, sympathetic right. towards Pico. So, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. 
the, mm-hmm. the Chandra yeah. fan, right? Yeah, the yeah, I know the one you're talking about. The one that had the uh, <clears throat> had a, the a medical fan. condition. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was helping him try and decode those things that were on the planet. The that, purple uh, robots. Ended up, <laughs> yeah, that were that. What did you guys think of that? I thought that was, of those purple robots. I was very curious about it. It was not at all what I was expecting. Totally agree with you. Totally at the end. Um, like these that was totally surprising. Rock robots or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me a lot of some of the ro- significantly older uh, Expanded Universe stuff. Um, <clears throat> in particular, there's... Actually, I think it was one of the Brian Daly Han Solo novels had uh, the Soldiers of Zim, I think, which were like... Oh. It was like these battle droids from, you know, thousands of years ago that were, you know... At the time, they were this great army, and you know, in modern times, they're really weird and like not useful because they're so weak. But it was, I got the same kind of feeling. Like it was, this is a technology from a different era almost. Um, and actually, all the mentions of purple crystals reminded me a lot of Mace Windu's lightsaber, and I wonder if there's some connection there. Very true. Uh. But the fascinating thing was, th- these robots weren't like quote unquote battle droids. Didn't they end up coming and taking the no, bodies? Yeah, they were like. Uh, the way they described it is these they were machines built by a species to basically clean up after them after their civilization was gone. Yes. It was very yeah. like very weird, like thematically Pretty very unexpected. different than the rest of the book I felt, but like in a good way. Yeah. Now I wanna I wanna jump back to Lux really quick. Do you think the reason why she stunned Lux is because technically now they need to try and find his daughter, who quote unquote is the mole within the Imperials. Well, the way I read it is she, or it could be a mole. You know, she well, was done looking for, you know, enemies of the Empire. Like, because Lux talked about how you know my daughter's innocent. Like she didn't even know what she was doing. But okay. if I tell, like, I can't tell you her identity because she'll like, I know you're just gonna go and kill her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay. going to be very. I think it's meant to be a moment of uh, humanization for Aiden, where you know she begins the book and is very clear that like the Alderon deserved what it got. Everyone there, and at the end of the book, she seemed to be realizing, I think, a more realistic approach, which is not everyone deserves imperial justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and, and ultimately, I think. I loved how they t- they tried to 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 humanize her a bit more, and mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah, I, it was it was good. It was it was an excellent it was an excellent story. Uh, Tom, I think you're gonna say something. I was gonna say something because it just reminded me of another group of stormtroopers that were in the EU that were called oh the what were they called hand the, of, the hand hand of hand of no. justice yeah. or whatever the no yeah, the, just I know the Zon the, yeah the Timothy Zon that were they yeah. were with Mira Jade. Yeah. Oh God, because they were basically the same thing. Yeah. They they went around and they just did quote unquote imperial justice on the ones that deserved it. They did, but so there was a whole didn't they have a whole subplot where like they left the empire but then kind of got hired back and were almost like mercenaries for the empire? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think that was in the later book. But yes, yeah. that is true. So a little bit different, That's, but yeah, it's the same kind of concept where it's like about the same concept. It's 
it's something that I wish I don't know the right way to do it, to be honest. Because uh, there's this thing that tends to happen where they're like, okay, we're going to write an Empire character. And by almost like by definition, the Empire character has to have some moment where they're like, actually, we need to be more moderate than the rest of the Empire. We never mm-hmm. get what I would call like a true Imperial Patriot where they are 100% in support of everything the Empire does all the time. Mm-hmm. And they don't like that's a the story reinforces their belief instead of challenging it. Well, I think this gets closest. This is closest, but even Aiden, I feel, has some significant character growth towards a more reb... Uh, I wouldn't say rebel sympathies, but like... <clears throat> you well, know, I think, the I Empire think she, is not, she, <laughs> not she, perfect type of mentality. Yeah. And, and that's... But I think she's still... As we'll see in the Battlefront... I think, as we'll see in the Battlefront game... Um, I mean, she certainly yeah, I think she seems so to stay on that side. Loyal, yeah, right. But but I don't know if you can have like I don't know if it would make a good book to have someone who is uh, you know, fiercely just, yeah. loyal to the they empire be, uh, and never uh, changes their opinion, and you know is willing to commit atrocities nonstop, and is like, ha ha ha! I'm so evil. No, See me be evil. Let me destroy the planet and kill you people. And look at my how evil my evilness is. Like, no, but it's I a. Don't know. But you can have <laughs> a character <laughs> that's a little more nuanced than that. I think. Because you get into a Why little bit. Have, it's a little like bit every, more every, of. Uh, we got like, a little you know, we, in, in for the greater good stars. type of you know ends justify the means type character. I think is the way you end up, would end up writing them. I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's essential. That's true. Yeah, we did. That, yeah, and yeah nice. another excellent, excellent book. Also, the book I still That was read. a really good book. You, oh, oh, you've you got to read it. Lost it's a good book. Uh, so good. I, I'll yeah. get there. I promise. Yeah, you'll, you'll get there after you get done with Phasma and Leia. Then you go back to Lost Stars. There you go. But no, I, I think the, the the thing that surprised me about the book the most is so the the at the beginning they have those what one or two missions uh, right off the bat right there, well, there's actually there's the first mission where they they infiltrate the wedding mm-hmm. and there's another mission where they go and they end up uh, well they, they join the they join the dreamers they infiltrate the dreamers and then it's really just them being part of the dreamers mm-hmm. the whole time. Um, I don't know. I was expecting a few more missions or something, but well, it was just but... them infiltrating the dreamers. They did go on that that one where they um, uh, the mission to uh, what was it uh, to uh, Ankuara, where they um, they end up you know, all those all the the the, the bus of, of school children ends up being no, it was uh, destroyed. Um, but it, even then, I think you know. Was it? Oh shoot! Who 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 stayed behind and changed the timer? Was it Sin or were? No, it was, oh, uh, was, was that the Sidori, the younger Kate. Sidori, no, no, Sin changed the timer to yeah, make right. it longer, <clears throat> and then so the kids could get out. And then what? Yeah, Correct. and then one of the cage went back in. That's right. what it was. He and went that's, to what, that's how he ended up dying. Yeah, Sidori. Right. Yes. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, no, it was Sane who changed. She made the timer longer so that they wouldn't kill everyone uh and then sidori went back thinking that it was going to blow up yeah. well he thought that it malfunctioned and they were you know going to sacrifice right. themselves because all yeah. of the dreamers wore explosive vests on every mission oh i forgot about yep. that yeah which is also a very... a very dark thing <laughs> mm-hmm. 
there is one thing we're kind of leaving out because yes, there wasn't too much of the missions, but there was a secondary thing that was going on. Remember, there was an Imperial, uh, it was ISB officer that they ended right. up ferreting out oh, yeah. in the cave. That was also part of the dreamers that they didn't expect to be in there. <laughs> And yeah, they ended was... up having to. Like, that uh, that was interesting. Yeah, Th- that to me was almost like a left field thing because you started the book with Inferno Squad going in to infiltrate this, and come to find out halfway through the book, wait a minute, the Imperials already have somebody in there. Yeah, and, and was... they had to take him out before they blew. He blew their cover. It was very unclear. I thought if uh, he was like an actual traitor or if he was on the imperial side <laughs> like i never actually got a a satisfied answer on what his motivation was i i, Not that I, that I was a bad thing i thought it made it for it made for very interesting story yeah that's like i guess he was that's like i said it came out of left field for that yeah yeah i guess he was just never really they never got into it they just knew he'd be a problem that they had to get rid of azen yeah uh yes azen yeah Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and and as you were saying earlier, there they they were willing to do whatever it takes to to uh, make the mission a success, and so they they let him uh, be be executed. Yeah, he was he was like the imper- he was like almost the first sacrificial lamb they had to give of the empire to the rebels. Or yeah, to the right. dreamers, so that way that that's like the one thing, and that I think that was almost to an extent to one cover their tracks, and two, however it was set up, because they they God, how did they do it? They were able they were able to pull records and falsify them to make him look bad, yeah. but they, it worked it worked the way it was supposed to, right? Yeah, and they, and they they were even willing to kill you know moths and governors and stuff of of planets that weren't maybe as important in order to succeed in their mission. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was just interesting to see them kind of, uh, reconcile that in their head and be like, Oh no, you know, you know, he's, he's in, you know, uh, Moff, uh, you know, Moff Riz, uh, Deksha is, uh, he's, uh, he's, a, yeah, he's, 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 he's a Moff, but like, he's not that important at the end of the day. Uh, and, and General uh, Ival Toshin, uh, you know, the, the, both of those guys are, you know, they they they're on Ankura, right? Um, uh, but they're while they are highly placed, they don't really do all that much for the Empire, and so we're willing to sacrifice them. It's like whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and there was one other thing I just remember when it came to this book. Where was the point in the book in which the Dreamers brought in the Stormtrooper? That was oh armor. yeah, when they were trying, you know, when Iden first joins the Dreamers, they don't really trust right. her, and they keep <clears throat> giving her these tests, including a stormtrooper that they captured and like brutalized, and then like stuck her, stuck the stormtrooper in front of her. Mm-hmm. And and that was that was fascinating to read because if I remember the book correctly, you got in her head, and she's like, "But here's a stormtrooper who didn't do anything, mm-hmm. and and he was just doing his job." And here he is in front of me, and then I think it got to a certain certain extent where just like she was about like, ready to dispatch him, well, she didn't have to because eaten, they beat him up so bad. He basically animals, died in front. And, of him. Turned out, yeah. and then they took his body and threw it over that cliff. Them away. And that's yeah, what they did to a lot of the, the the dead bodies. He threw it over the cliff. 
Yeah. And I thought there was a... It, it certainly made it... Uh, it all tied things together very well. It was the robots. Yeah. I yeah. Really, I really like that touch. Yeah. 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 It really did. It really did. Um, but no, I mean, I, I thought, <clears throat> I thought the book was, it had everything, you know, we, we, I think that I wanted out of a Imperial book. It was a, uh, I, I felt like a little bit slow, maybe toward the, the middle. Um, I don't know, two thirds of the book. I felt like it slowed down just a little bit. Yep. Uh, but then it, it picked up again with the, the mystery around, um, uh, around the, the mentor and with Lux Monteri and, uh, it ended in a in a in a really great way. I thought I thought Christy Golden did a fantastic job. Yeah, I was very very happy with this. After you know, <clears throat> I like I felt like a lot of quality in the new canons have been mixed. You know, we've talked about it a little bit, and I felt like this book was you know nailed it exactly what we needed. Hmm. Yes, was this a great was a very... spot, just like an inferno. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else? You guys anything else you can figure, or we may not have covered in this? Because I, I think we've hit a lot of because good that's high points. The, in like, this. let's be honest, this else. book exists to promote Trank. the game. Um, I'm coming up blank. And do you think it did a good job oh. of that? Yeah. So, <clears throat> sure. Yep. Yeah, I think so. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the gamers talk because I know I know my point of view on this. But Stephen, why, I mean, why don't you take this point? My take is the purpose. You know, one of the things they're trying to sell with Battlefront Two is that hey, we've got this big story. We're telling an imperial story, which is you know rarely done in Star Wars. Uh, we put a lot of quality and value into it, and this is really just the the setup for hey, check out the you know these are the characters that you're going to be exploring and playing get to know them and then go from there. And I, I, for that purpose, I think this did awesome. We got introduced to renders for, you know, what I'm assuming are at least three of the main characters. That that actually was kind of a problem. Because I remember when I was reading for the game, excuse me, I was aware that I had seen, we'll just have to see kind of what happens next. Of Aiden and the two guys. And I hadn't seen Sane. And I was like, Oh, this does not bode well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I I would urge people to read this and not look at the renders. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, so yeah, and I don't I don't think I saw I know, it. No, it's too late. I hadn't yeah. seen any so of the renders. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, if, if you happen to jump in at that exact point, stop listening. Well, if you're if they're listening <laughs> at this point, to... it's a too late. But <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, it's too late now. Sorry. Uh, now we've completely spoiled you on the book. Uh, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, we should have started the show with spoiler alert. Uh, it's fine. I think that's expected. Okay. Okay, William, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you said, okay, you're so, the gamer. Final, well, no, 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 final I, thought. I got one more no? thought on this. Yeah. Oh, take it away, Tom. Oh, no, I was saying from the game point of view. Because, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I. Yeah, wow. Um, I've got a different point of view of this book because you guys so, are the gamers. Go ahead with your your point of view. I I mean I think this is this this book does a great job setting up the squad, and I am uh, I I hope that 
and it sounds like they will, but I hope that the the game has as deep of a story and is able to expand upon these characters and feel like you know the the, the sequel to the book in in many ways. Um, and, and if they're able to maybe touch on stuff, or I don't know, I, I doubt they'll probably reference events in the book, and they don't necessarily have to. They might, uh, but just tie them together in some way would be would be really cool. Um, but this is already a big improvement because I think the the plot of this book was an improvement uh, over the last Battlefront book, and um, you know, and the fact that the Star Wars Battlefront has a campaign and we're able to then follow these characters years later. And I was already excited about the plot of, of Battlefront Two. Uh, I think it sounds really great, and this is just kind of reinforced that yeah, this is a great squad with great characters, uh, and I, I can't wait to spend some more time with them. This time, jump, you know. Uh, take control of, of Iden and it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. My point of view on this, um, if you would like to send the game EA, you can send me the game because <laughs> I would, I honestly, I like the book. I like, I would like to see a sequel to the book. I kind of see that as like the, when they did the clone commando books, that's what I kind of see this branching off to, to where they could do more stories around these characters yeah. and they could have like a fourth member, kind of rotate in and out now that they have the, I hate to say it, spoiler alert, one of the characters was killed. They have a spot open where they could rotate a character in and out depending on the mission. And I'd like to see a sequel to this book and see the further adventures of Inferno Squad, like the expanded universe when they did the clone uh, the, the clone commandos. There's absolutely- so that's what I'd like it. to see. Yeah, and and you know, I I am not a- that much of a gamer by way of the first person shooter. Um, if to get the rest of the story and it jumps off from this point, I may have to go buy it, but I'd rather have the book. I would rather read this. I'd rather see going forward. And that that's what my hope for this would be. This is a starting point for a sequel to this book. Well, depending on how the game does, like that's, you know, within the realm of possibility. So, but that's the thing. Does it have to be dependent on the game? Because well, when I guess the, again, I'm going to well throw it out well. again. Yeah, because the 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 Clone Commando books. I mean, none of the Clone Command. Well, there was the there was the game with the Commandos, but yeah, not with Cal Republic, group. Republic Commando started as a tie-in to you know Star mm-hmm. Wars Republic Commando. So yeah, I <clears throat> I would definitely be in favor here. You know, Christy Golden's done a lot of Star Wars writing in the last you know two decades and this just shows that she's yeah she's i think got that there's certainly down. space i mean based yeah, on what we've seen and i think she'd be great to handle this i think she could do probably another book like this. or during yeah. Yeah. i'd like to see, love to see more death more Star more so there is space for more yeah. missions <clears throat> so sean your, your final thoughts trilogy. on it uh and i'd love to see that uh, certainly covered and maybe depending on what happens in the game periods outside that i'd read more <clears throat> yep Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh well. Uh, no I pressure. Can... The womp rat thing. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was, so, I was sort of happy. Are we up for the womp rat ratings? So I think we are. I am going yes, to give okay. this. Um, hey, Sean, why don't you go first on this? Let, let, we'll let the guests 10, go first on this. And one. I'm going to take my nine womp rats. And no, not to, not to put you on the spot. In the custom tie pilot armor 
of Inferno Squad as replacement for their the deceased member, Sane. I, I thought so. Okay, Aww. that's very nice of you. That's nice. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I am going to give it basically the same. This is a, a great book. I'm going to give this a nine. Really enjoy this book. <laughs> Enjoyed it better than the first Battlefront. Got to throw it out there. Um, I, I, Sorry. That book, out of all the Star Wars books I've read, oh, it's okay. that's the one to me that that the one hurts the most out of all the Star Wars books I've read. All of them going back to the expanded universe, that one hurt. So I'm giving this one a nine. I am taking my nine Womp Rats, and God, what am I going to do with them? Um, I am I am out of I have no. You know what? The nine Womp Rats are going to keep. Lux company when he's walking around that little kind of auditorium thing that he was trying to, 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 Oh God, I forgot her name. And we were talking about her the whole time. Cause remember he was trying to, Iden. Yeah. Yeah. He basically week to me? was <laughs> getting advice from the womp rats to give Iden advice on how to project herself and be a representative <laughs> of the rebels. So that's weak guys, but that's what I'm going to do with them. They're basically keeping luck. It's it's uh, we've done better with the Womp Rats. I mean, destroyed them, fed them, done whatever with them. That one was weak. Oh, it's okay. So, okay, that's okay. All right. So who's up? Well, uh, uh, I'm gonna make this uh, brief so far and uh, give it 9.0 as well. I thought this was an excellent, excellent book. It doesn't doesn't feel like a video game tie-in. Some many don't. I would I would argue. Uh, you know, you said you know, Republic Commando is a good example of that. But um, I thought Christy Golden did a fantastic job. She's a great great author. I loved how she was able to tie into the book and uh, give us a really great story that also brought in aspects from the entire saga. So we had the original trilogy, we had you know the prequel stuff. There's lots of references to you know, Saw Gerrera and uh, Ahsoka, and we had Lux Bonteri, and just really everyone coming, all the different eras coming together. That's a good one. They're, Very nice. That, that's a good one. Okay, so for me, uh, I think I'm gonna have to give this uh, an eight and a half Womp Rats out of ten. I you didn't go with. <laughs> but you know, okay, I I was like, I take it back. I'm gonna go, go keep your eight and a half. Keep your eight and a half. No, 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 no keep I, it. I'm, I'm, that's something about like you know, I don't, I don't actually. No have pressure. To it. No, no, no. Actually, no, you're right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold my ground. Eight and a half Womp Rats. Overall, really, really enjoyed uh, the novel. I thought Christy Golden did an amazing job. Loved getting to know the characters. Um, just overall, very, very happy with you know how this book turned out. 
Uh, that being said, with my <clears throat> eight and a half no, womp rats, I really rats, want to know. Well, you know, we obviously the partisans are a very violent group of people, and uh, yeah. well, I just I it's I can't really tell you what happened to those eight and a half womp rats. You just you don't want to know. It was uh it was not good. No, you you, you don't. We you saw how brutal. Oh, it can be. let us know. Let us know. Let no. us know. You just come on. It's bad. Just no. It's okay. Just it was. Just know that the Womp Rats died and uh, they ain't coming back. Okay. All right. Well. Poor Womp Rats. Poor yeah. Womp Rats, indeed. But uh, uh, we've got coming up on our next Eye on Cannon podcast, and this is going to be two episodes. We're going to do uh, two hundred eight and two hundred nine. Or I think in this case, it's going to be add 100 to that, right? Or is no, that's right. No, so these, are, these are Freemaker Adventures, Season okay. 2, Episode 8 and Episode 9. Oh, Pitten got Circle, it. That's right. And Flight right. of the Arrowhead. So that's coming uh, very, very soon. And uh, we're going to have another fun guest on for that one. So stay tuned. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. And that's fun. going to be our live review to where we get to watch them and review them at the same time. Exactly. Well, they can find it's me over at nydaynews.com. Yeah, uh, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us team. to review Inferno And Squad. I have great. lots of Star Wars writings. Uh, most recently, uh, I reviewed Phasma. Yeah. And uh, do you want to tell uh, I also did a Q&A with uh, Delilah S. Dawson. Uh, so there, and there, there's some fun stuff in there. The Q and A is spoiler free, thankfully. And you can find me on Twitter uh, under at Spectacular Sean. Very cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks again, and uh, we're going to have to have you back on soon once uh, Rebels returns for its final season. Man. Cannot wait. Awesome. So uh, we'll be back soon with our review of The Freemaker Adventures. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your reviews will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. You can visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2017.